When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 659 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined today by David, Duncan, Bray, Douglas, and Ben Funky Askren. Our man J.D. Raider is on the road. He is, shoot, I don't even know where he is right now. He's, he was, on, he's on assignment. Well, I saw, I saw him at Cadet Duels, so we have a location. Um, he was in Indiana. He was in uh, Indiana. As of Sunday. Uh, Sunday. So um, I don't know where he is today, but he was there then. Yeah, he's headed to junior duels, and he's hitting a couple uh, schools along the way. Yeah, he and... He told me yeah. Purdue, Illinois, Missouri... Did I forget somebody? That's that. And then he also stopped by, uh, hung out with Jesse Mendez for a little bit. Got some, got some yep, stuff. I with saw him. that. Yeah, good interview with him. We'll uh, check that out if you haven't got to yet. Check in with the the number one recruit for the upcoming class. Um, but before we get into all that and JD's whereabouts, which are unknown at this point in time, um, at this point, you could probably all know by now that the Jordan Burroughs versus Isaiah Martinez match is off. It was going to be this Friday, and it's been canceled. And it's been canceled for a reason I never, ever would have predicted or expected. Um, because Imar began to let us know kind of earlier last week that he didn't think he was going to be able to make the weight. And then some back and forth ensued. And... Um, he eventually let us know he wouldn't be able to make the weight and that it wasn't going to work out. He wasn't going to be able to wrestle. And, um, I, I just, that totally, I am, I'm flabbergasted that that, that that happened. That that would be a reason. This is a, this match was, you know, a, a big deal and a big opportunity for, for Isaiah financially and otherwise. And so I, I was surprised that it got to that point that, that the match isn't happening. And, and people are asking, hey, would we, you know, people want to know, were we going to see this match? They got excited about the match. Are we going to do it? And I, I would 
never say never, and I hope we do see them wrestle at some point, but I, I personally can't see Flo signing up for that again. Um, not anytime soon. Not knowing just kind of how all this transpired, it's tough to say, hey, let's have 25 different people work on this thing, and then just one week out, then it's not happening. And um, I know Imar doesn't feel good about what happened, and he apologized yesterday. But I do want to sort of – um, well, I thought his, his tweet was, I, I liked some of it, but I, I thought it was a little confusing and it confused me a little bit. Very confusing. Very confusing. Okay. So you were confused, Ben. So I was confused too, because I know. A well, and I, and I, I knew what the real story was. And then I read this and that, yeah, that's why it was confusing. Yeah. I didn't like that. He made it sound like this was Jordan's decision in any way, because that that's just not the case. Imar said he couldn't make 79. That was the agreed upon weight, right? And then... So, hey, let me ask, let me ask you this. Okay, so he did make 79 in Iowa City. We know that. Um, for senior nationals, which was... Plus, plus two. Six weeks ago. Yep. Oh, okay. So, plus two. Six weeks ago. Right. He was within four pounds. Um, how long ago were you guys talking about this match? Because I, I want to say you guys announced it like three weeks ago, but I'm, I'm sure there was negotiations well prior to that. How long was that going on for us? How long had he known that this, you know, it was going to be June 19th, he was going to make 79 kg? So it was basically a done deal before senior nationals. Okay, so very, very And it was signed, ago. I think, the next week, right after senior nationals. Okay. Um, so... Isaiah said he couldn't make 79. And then he also said he couldn't make plus two. So at that point, it was like, okay, there's there's just not going to be a match. Um, yeah. So if you, I I don't understand the the baby shower. I mean, baby showers feel feel good and all. I had a couple of them. I made a few babies. Um, <laughs> but I mean, they last like two hours. They don't well, last that long. You can well, eat some cake, and then you go on a run afterwards. There's no problem. It was it was in California. It wasn't in Oregon, so it was. Disruptive well, I, okay, so the, you get yeah the plane flight from California to Oregon. I don't know; it's not that far. It's like what, maybe an hour flight. They drove. I mean, I, I know all the, the. Um, I don't know, man. I I don't ask me to make sense of it. I don't understand it. Um, okay. Uh, I'm gonna get the distance here, so we're you know we're, we're sure on what we're talking about here. <laughs> I don't want to. Ben wants to map quest it. Corvallis. I'm to freaking mapping it right now. Corvallis to Fresno. Oh shit! Why would you drive that? That's a terrible idea. You fly into San Francisco, you drive a little bit, no problem. Yeah, I don't know why they wanted to drive. That sounds like a terrible idea. And and you knew you knew six weeks ago that was the plan. Um, and hey, life's full. Life's full of tough decisions as an adult. So you got if you committed to a match on June June nineteen, you got to figure that out. And listen, I, I I don't know what his paycheck was. I'm not asking you guys that information, but I can. I can damn well guess his paycheck was uh, greater than the price of a flight for him and his wife to Fresno, California. Uh, yeah, so, uh, that's an understatement. So, and there's some, uh, I think, some questions from from you guys that I kind of like bumped up in the dock because I, while we're talking about it, let's talk about it. Um, and people comparing the Burroughs Zahid and Burroughs DT matches and saying, "Well, what's the difference here?" Well, the difference here is very obvious that the Burroughs DT match was the agreed upon weight was 86. And Jordan knew, okay, I can be up and big for this weight and then I'll work on coming down. 
Same thing with Zahid. That was the agreed upon weight, 185. The agreed upon weight was 86. It wasn't decided a week less. Actually, this was going on still Saturday. It was Saturday before we said match off, 100% done. Um, so that's the main difference, right? And I don't know yeah, this, but I would I would assume that Jordan is already on the descent down to 79. This could be a 79 kilogram debut. So for him to be, you know, doing that and then to say, okay, now it's changed the weight. I can understand why. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense to me to to change the weights a week out. And that's, I mean, what what tournament in wrestling? What event in wrestling? Can you? I mean, you can't do that in a high school match. You can't do that in college. You can't do that at any senior level event ever. Why it would be assumed? Sometimes okay. it has happened a couple times in the UFC. In the UFC, a times. not a lot, not a lot. It's happened a couple times. And honestly, I think that's a. I think it's crazy when guys when the when the UFC lets the guys blow weight big time, miss it by 15, 20 pounds, yeah, and still I, lets I, them I lets them fight. I think that's crazy. I don't think they should get any money yeah. if they do that personally. Yeah, it's it's actually and it's really stupid because um, you know like a, a famous one that I'll bring up. Um, Tiago Alves fought Matt Hughes and uh, and and ended up knocking him out. Everyone remembers that knockout, really famous. And at that time, it was really important towards the you know, Tiago Alves got a title shot shortly after that. Tiago Alves missed weight by seven pounds, seven freaking pounds. Like mm -hmm. you guys, what type of uh, effect that's going to have on your performance if you have to lose seven more pounds the day previous? Yeah, like, tremendous. The effect on your performance is is going to be immense. So, um. Yeah, it's it is very rare. Has happened a couple times, but yeah, to your point, it's usually a bad idea when when people let people miss weight by that much. Yes. The other thing too, if you're comparing the the Zahid match and the David Taylor match, that was the challenge for for JB. It was like I am going to go up to this other guy's weight. I'm going to try to test myself at this bigger weight. That's the whole point. You think about this match with Imar. I mean, Jordan Burroughs, the way he thinks about his career right now is. He's comparing himself to the greats, not just in wrestling, but other sports. He's looking at, you know, somebody like Tom Brady, who who's won seven titles over the course of whatever, 19 years. And and that's like the, the way he thinks about himself. And so the, the task now is get to 79, win a world title in 21, 22, 23. Keep, just keep winning those titles. And Imar is the guy that has been closest to him at this weight. So wrestling him at this weight's important. It would be the first yeah. feel in 2021 of, you know, potentially a best two out of three series, who knows? Um, but but that's a very different kind of challenge, taking on somebody in your weight class at the weight because that person has proven to be a threat to you in the past, then, all right, I'm gonna test myself in a, an exhibition and go up and, and wrestle somebody at their weight, you know? It's just a very different thing. Yeah, and you know, we wanted to do something a, a little different for for this event, right? We are putting it at the end of um, uh, a flow grappling who's number one card, which, you know, I'll, I'll admit, I'm, I'm super, I am super jealous of what flow grappling has been able to create um, for their side. They have who's number one. It is by far the number one um, super fight card going in the sport. It has changed the sport. Joe Rogan is talking about this event. He is coming to this event. We've got all this, um, this regularity they have that once a month they're having these these awesome cards and i want that for wrestling and i want i wanted the grappling community to see this match and i wanted them to say oh my gosh this is amazing and then become uh us to grow that that wrestling viewing audience because i think it would have been you know this was probably gonna be 
the most viewed Hughes number one ever on grappling. And there's the flow grappling is absolutely exploding right now. So I thought it'd be incredible for them to see this display, the best display of wrestling uh, in the world. And so that that's not going to happen is, is disappointing. And my goals and Flo's goals for professionalizing wrestling, um, a sport that has not really been professionalized truly, it, it still remains a goal. But, you know, it, mm. it is, it's tougher when, for whatever reason, you know, it's, it's not taken seriously. But this is really serious to us. And we invest a lot on the front end for these. And um, we're going to continue to. And, you know, one other thing, here's, what, here's my vision. Here's what I want, right? I want monthly huge events that people are really excited for like they are in grappling and grappling is going to have this is incredible and i can't wait for this and i want to do this in wrestling they're going to have a five bracket super event with over 250k in payout for Full grappling for, is yes it's it's the biggest Lucky. biggest yes the biggest payout in um in, in the history of the sport. And so we're going to do that. And I want that I want that for wrestling, right? And they've been able to build it and grow it, and they're going to have that this September. So I encourage you guys to check some of that out. Um, but that's what I want to do in wrestling. That's what we want to do in wrestling. I hope we can do it. Uh, this is, um, you know, we're, we'll, we'll get Jordan uh, another match at some point when it makes sense. And, um, yeah, I think, I think that's that. Yeah. Um, Ben, yeah, I'm, I'm curious for that's that's kind of my my piece, but curious for anything you would like to add or whatever. Um, no, I mean, I just, uh, you know, obviously there's people in wrestling that I, I would have kind of seen this coming from Isaiah wasn't one of them. I always no. thought he was su super mature, disciplined, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't know what happened. I'm not in his everyday life. No idea. Um, but obviously he blew a, a huge opportunity for himself. It's really unfortunate. It sucks for everybody. Um and you know the one of the things that we've seen with wrestlers and and we'll assume we could go to back to mma is people miss weight and when they miss weight they miss by a lot like in wrestling if you miss weight by a tenth of a pound you're not you're not competing right mm -hmm. you're not you're out and you know when mma people miss weight it's by three pounds five pounds seven pounds ten we've seen as much as ten pounds right and that just doesn't ever happen in wrestling so to see someone have this many issues at a weight class that they were four pounds above seven weeks ago uh, it, it's it's honestly it's kind of shocking it, it really is and that was one thing i wanted to say and meant to say is that i just what i know about imar is this just makes no sense right i feel like yeah. he is a guy who has represented himself so well throughout his entire career so i feel like man you, you just kind of throw this out it's like i don't know if mulligan's yeah. the right term but He's a good dude, um, a solid dude, a great wrestler, someone who has dedicated his life to the level of excellence he's achieved. So I just, um, you know, I don't yeah. think less of him as a, as a person. It's just, just an unfortunate thing that happened. Cool. Yeah, and then uh, um, kind of, I guess, kind of to add on to that is just like, uh, I mean, you guys brought up the factor of this is very likely going to be number one, number two for the 79 kg spot this year. Um, and so if you knew, if you knew you were going to have this match, um, there's obviously may, I always tell kids there's making weight and there's making weight effectively. Right? Mm -hmm. just, anyone can make a weight, but that doesn't mean that they can wrestle well after that. And so, especially with these new weigh-in rules where you have an hour or two hours or three hours to make weight and then compete just like the college level, it's really important that you're not cutting a high level of water weight. Um, because if you are, you're not going to compete well. And so it's like, 
man, you know, you would have thought that this weight descent plan would have started many weeks ago for him. Um, because your body, your body can only shrink at a certain rate, right? I can lose 15 pounds of water weight in the course of 24 hours if I, if I need to. Right. Um, but body weight, like what I weigh on an everyday basis, I can maybe lose, I don't know, two, two to three pounds per week. Like it's not going to be much more than that. Um, and so if he was going to bring himself down to, and you know, I'm thinking if I'm competing in the two, three hour weigh-in, probably max water weight that I want to lose is four to six pounds is kind of what I would be thinking. Um, and that means, that means I got to bring my weight down really early. It means I got to start getting down to where I want to walk around at. Um, and so, you know, the fact that he had kind of, I don't know, postponed that process, I don't know what you call it, or delayed that process, um, or, or, you know, and maybe, maybe it just didn't come off as easy as thought it was going to be. Maybe he thought, maybe that's why, maybe he could still make weight, but he's going to compete terrible. And so he decided, okay, maybe this isn't something I want to do. Um, that's obviously not super honorable, but maybe that's what he decided was best for him. Um, because you know, there's sometimes where your body weight doesn't come off as fast as you want it to. So maybe it was one of those. I, I, I really don't know. I'm not inside. I wish I had more information. Yeah. I'm not sure either. Uh, for sure. I, I just more, more or less just wanted to clarify just based on that tweet that the only reason this match yeah. isn't happening is because Imar can't make the weight. And that was a decision yes. he made. Okay. Um, David had a pretty cool, um, Cool thing he wanted to ch chat about with you, Ben. So why don't you key it up here, oh, Dave? It's so. June 15, so it's uh, it's the first day that 2023 recruits can be contacted, and yeah. uh, you know we've got we've got a guy here on the line who's who you you were recruited. You went through that process. Um, so what what should these kids be expecting today? The first day coaches can call. Uh, what what was your experience like, and what would you uh, what would you tell to a 2023 recruit on June 15? Well, I got no calls. It was July 1st in my era. I got okay. no calls. How depressing. Back in his day, June right? 15th was in July. Did you, that, back in your... Did you, <laughs> that's how old Ben is. Shut up. <laughs> did, you think, did you think you were going to get calls? I was, I was definitely hoping. I, did. I mean, I won two state titles. I hadn't had no, any national level success, but I was thinking I would get a few calls, but I did not. Uh, Brian Smith will let you call me. I don't think he did. Um, <laughs> no voicemail? You, was the tape full? We well, I had, a, I had a cell phone back then. What? Um, what a baller! Yeah, two thousand and what's that? Two thousand one? Yeah, it was one of those little. I mean, you couldn't text or nothing, right? It was yeah. just like a little. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I think Nokia maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I listen. I'm hoping that the these college coaches are hustling today and they're getting they're getting all their calls in. They're calling as many people as they can. Um, I mean, the, I know one of the things I would do if I was a college coach right now is I would call a wide plethora of people. Um, and I, I would make no commitments whatsoever because we got Fargo. It's a month away. And, you know, I, I, I hate this. I hate that people can call uh, college coaches can call athletes so early. So the other thing was when, when I was in high school, it was after it was July 1st after your junior year, not okay. after your sophomore year. So, um, you know, I would start if I was a college coach, I'd start making contact with all these kids. But I would kind of start, you know, waiting to see how their careers played out before I really started to lock them in. We have Fargo that's a month away. Obviously, you'll have some Super 32 and some other stuff in the fall. So you'll kind of get a better idea of the direction their career is headed. Um, and for, for the kids, I, honestly, I would say, hey, if, don't, if, if who you want doesn't call you today, don't be disappointed. They didn't call me either. 
but you you can make some noise in Fargo in, in a month or or this fall, and and um, all can be rectified. What are the what kinds of conversations do you have with the AWA kids when it's when it's beginning of recruiting season for them? Um, you know what? I I don't really even get into it. I, if if they they know if if they start talking to coaches or they want to get further into that process, that I'll help them, and then. You know, if, if I, I'm mostly a bullshit detector, and yeah. that, uh, you know, a lot more a lot more kids need that because a lot of college coaches will tell these guys things that are completely off base or untrue, and so you know they can come to me and say, well, hey, this is what this coach said, and I'll say, hey, it's, that's garbage. That's just, that's not true. Don't listen to that. Um, and my biggest advice for kids, which has, has, has been my main point of why I hated this extended dead period, is go see it, go see it, go get a feel for it. Um, I think for me, I went to Mizzou. I loved it. I hit it off with the team. I hit it off with the coaches. I loved the town. I would, damn, that was, that was what did it for me. And so, you know, kids, like, especially in the summer after Fargo, hey, if, if you have three or four places that you're thinking about, go, go visit some of them, right? Get out there and see them. Go do a camp there. Go do those type of things. Like, I, get in person with people. I think that's really, really important. Yeah, I think one of the main things that you've – kind of emphasized here and that I've kind of learned just through following the recruiting processes like the the timelines and the deadlines aren't as real as as the coaches may make them feel to the that kids. annoys me so hard Christian yeah it annoys me so bad so I think if you're a, so- a sophomore rising junior and you're getting some hey we need this or the whatever the the hardball kind of games we're gonna play they're not real and especially if you're someone yeah. like a top-level recruit like a Gabe Arnold, a Cody Chittum, et cetera, et cetera, you have all – you have the leverage, right? Not them. Yes, you have the leverage. Don't let yes. them trick you into thinking you – now, if you're a um, – that's now, to say that, Ben, that is not true for all wrestlers. Yes. Right? Well, but I but I would disagree. I, I And this has my, been my, my theory. Bet, bet on the house. Bet on the house every time. So it's like – if they say, hey, here's 20% or here's 10%, uh, take it or leave it in the next 10 days. I'll tell my guy, leave, leave it. Leave it. Go do go do well at the next tournament. And guess what? I bet they come back. I bet the offer's more than 20%. And mm-hmm. I bet you got more than 10 days to decide. So bet bet on the house. Like, yes. if you really think you're that good, if you you individual think you're that good, then go prove it. Let's give it time. Let's don't, don't take the shit offer that's on the table. Give some time. And then wait for a better offer to come around. And even even then, if it doesn't come around, still bet on the house. Go where you want to go. Walk on. And if you do the things you think you're going to do, they're going to give you money as your career goes on. I mean, that that's a really important one that that kids don't recognize. Is like, you can get more money. Like when you're at college and you do well, they're going to start bumping you up. They're going to start giving you scholarship money. Kids, a lot of kids don't even recognize that. Yeah, uh, that that I agree with. Um... But I, I do think the the power recruits do have a, have the leverage. And to your point, yeah, the the other guys can raise their stock, but sometimes your stock is your stock, and your performance is is sort of your your performance. But the the other thing is, man, there's a lot of places you can win, right? And there's yeah, a lot yeah, of places you can get a degree. So don't fall in love with the idea of oh, I really. Well, you can make it work a lot of different places. Bryce Meredith was at NC yeah. State. He was. Um, you know, he pr- probably would have he would have done great at NC State if the but they had Kevin Jack. Kevin Jack was a All American. Bryce couldn't make one thirty three, and so 
he, he transferred to Wyoming back back home, and he was great there, and he would have been great at NC State, but for yep. what he was trying to do, and then, um, you know, it worked out awesome for, for Bryce, and uh, so there's there's a lot of places you can have success, and yeah, and Bryce is a, would, a perfect would, well, example of someone who raised raised his own stock. Oh, yeah. And he, he, you know. Yeah. So that, that would be one where we would say, like, don't don't be in love with the power programs, right? Like, know that you can go other places. And so, if, you know, if X power program is offering you, uh, you know, 20% and another program is offering you 100%. Now, now listen, I won't throw it under the bus. There are some programs that, that I think they suck. And I would say, like, if I were you, I wouldn't go there. Yes. You wouldn't do it, right? But there's other programs that are smaller that I think are that I think are outstanding. And if, if they're giving you 80%, just because they're a small school and big school is recruiting and giving you 20% or whatever, 30%, the small school might be a great option. It might be yeah. a really good option. So you go go check that out. And if you go there and you love it and you get along with the coach and you get along with the team, yeah, go, go there for sure. 100%. Yeah. I mean, so, that was Mizzou when I went there. Mizzou was yeah. not a power program when I committed there. I loved it. I loved the coaches. I loved the athletes. Love the town, and I went there, and it was like obviously there were other. I wasn't rec- being recruited by any tier one programs, um, but I, I was being recruited by programs that were better than Missouri, and um, so I was obviously willing to take the chance on someone smaller. And I think that's like you made the point, Christian. Don't get in love with the, the power programs. It's a it's a day that you know a lot of kids, I'm sure, and parents have had circled on the calendar. So it's helpful to get you know get that perspective, um, man. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of these kids have been like stressing and wondering who's going to call and what that's going to be like uh, for, for a few weeks. So speaking of Gabe Arnold, his dad told me kind of a wild story that over the weekend he was out on a jet ski and his phone ended up in the bottom of a lake. So he's like, <laughs> he's freaking out because he's like, nobody's going to be able to call me. Like the coaches won't be able to get a hold of me because our phone's in the bottom of a lake. But I think they figured it out. Um, that'd be a bad feeling. It'd be a bad feeling, but you know what? It's it's. You know who's going to be most stressed about that when it goes straight to voicemails? The coach. <laughs> yeah. Gabe doesn't need to be stressed about that. Yeah. Gabe's going to have yeah. plenty of options mm-hmm. from now to the next year and the year after that. He's got till November of what year? To, before, 20, when's National Science? 23? November of 2023. Yeah. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he's a class of 20. Or no, it'd be 22, wouldn't it? 22, yeah, 22, sorry. Because his 22-23 season. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. You've got a lot of time to, yes. to make this decision. 100%. And I wish we had a, I wish we had a breaking news jingle on this, on this, on this dun, show. Dun, dun, dun. We, when we did our uh, – Uh-oh. What breaking news do we have? Do we have breaking Bra- news? Yeah. Kyle Brackey just he's, – he's, he's speaking from beyond the grave. He's getting uh, – is he speaking from Gabe Arnold's cell phone in, in the <laughs> bottom of the lake? He's speaking from the bottom of the lake. Matt Ramos in the transfer portal. Okay. Interesting. Wow. We kind of talked about that because he's been having some decent freestyle results, but obviously we were like, okay, he's probably not going to see the light of day beyond Patrick McKee at 125. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I, somebody's – 125 is a weight that uh, where, where a lot of programs have a need. Um, that's, a really, yeah. that's a really interesting guy to be looking at. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was yeah. – he was a commit when – he committed. I was like, "How does he fit in the the lineup?" Because they had Pat McKee or McKee came after. I, for, I forget the the order of operations there, but that was yeah. a little um, surprising. But he's he's interesting because his freestyle results are are better than his folk style results by 
pretty wide margin. But career well, I don't 25. Feel like he had very few folk style matches this year, right? Um, I don't think so because really, unless you were a starter, you didn't get many opportunities. Yeah. So um, I mean, yeah, he he had literally. Wait, Christian, he said he's had zero folk style matches in any year. Yes, so he still has the opportunity to go completely undefeated for his career. So we don't know how good he is. So you said his freestyle results are better, and his freestyle results are good. But we don't know how bad his folk style results are because we don't have any of them. That is a good point. I didn't realize he wrestled zero matches ever. Zero. He's, he's, ever. Got, four, he's got four years left. It looks like it was a, a medical year in 2020, and then this year didn't count. So My man's three years into college and hasn't burned a year of eligibility. He must be some type of damn genius. Yeah. Man. So I, and that could be a massive pickup. Hmm. Oh, real? Yeah. Um, who who could use a twenty-five pounder? Who could use a twenty-five? Mini schools. How about um, Penn State? So I was thinking, but they've got Robbie, and Gary I think Ro I think Robbie's a career twenty-five, um, and they've got Gary Steen. So yeah. I don't think it's a true weight of need, especially when he's sort of an unknown um, quantity at one at folk style, right? So I don't know that he's yeah. a, he's a huge upgrade. Yeah, that'd be it'd be interesting. I'm gonna pull up the the team rankings to just kind of get a sense, because because I, I it it feels well, like a weight where a lot of programs could could use somebody. It's hard to get a 25. Um, yeah. Ohio State. Ooh, yeah, maybe. like can he beat Malik? Malik? He can't beat Malik. I mean, maybe he could, but it's really similar yeah, like so. recruit to Malik. How, how much of an upgrade? Yes. I yeah. think Cornell needs another one twenty-five. <laughs> they only have <laughs> they only have like three uh, legitimate NCAA qualifiers. That's funny. I mean, somebody like like Iowa State, maybe. Um, yeah, I could see that. Ooh, that feels Iowa Statey. I could see feels I could Iowa Statey. I could see Dresser getting on the horn. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it does hmm. feel a little bit Iowa Statey, huh? Yes. Okay. So. so, interesting stuff on the on the recruiting front. I guess we haven't mentioned yet that Evan Wick is coming on in around thirty minutes to announce his school hey. choice. We know that it is down to two schools: uh, Cal Poly and Penn State. Our rivals. Uh, our our rivals, Costco's rivalry. Um, so yeah, a lot of people think they know where he's going, um, which I don't know why they think that. Because they don't know. Do a lot of people who, who think they know where he's going think he's going to two different places? Are they are they sure both ways? Yeah, they. Uh, Some people are sure it's question. Cal Poly. Other people. Everyone are sure. seems to be sure he's going to one place. What are the What are the oh. people saying? They They think he's going to Penn State, and it's like a done deal. Huh? I mean, I know, I, like, including a lot of people in the Facebook chat. They're like, "Old news." This makes sense. The news linked. It does. It does make. If he goes there, yeah, sure, but. Um, there's a reason he's announcing his decision because the decision's not because he hasn't announced it yet. Yes. Okay. So yes, that would be. And as vote. of, I mean, I will tell you, as of yesterday when I talked to him, I may or may not know the answer now. But as of, when it was when I asked him yesterday in the morning, he did not know. He didn't know the answer. Hmm. So well, that that uh, goes counter to A. D. Williams, who said the word's been out for a few days now. So. Well, that is not true. So <laughs> Evan, Evan should Evan. talk to A. D. He should yeah check with A. D. Figure out where he's going. <laughs> Maybe AD is an he's athletic only, director. He's only got 29 minutes to figure it out. <laughs> he's only got 29 minutes. <laughs> we, uh, 
we also didn't talk about the cadet duels at all, which, you know, I was coaching my team, so I don't know what other results that we can talk about, but that is such a fun tournament. I missed it. I, you know, I haven't been, I went to the junior duels a few times, but I don't think I've been to the cadet duels in, I don't know, a whole bunch of years. That's such an awesome tournament. I had a blast there. Yeah. How did, yeah, how did it go? I didn't, I didn't get to, uh, watch. it was actually, we live streamed it on, on track wrestling. Yeah. We still haven't moved all the events over. Eventually they'll all come over to flow. Um, so I didn't get to check it out. I had uh, some family in town, but um, okay. I'm sure Bray and Ben, you were there coaching. Any well, it, any big takeaways? Yeah, JD. Well, JD was it. Well, so that's what I said. I was so busy coaching my own team that I didn't get to see. I, I you know, it's unfortunate. I realized that why they bracket the way they bracket, and so everyone, every team gets a set amount of matches, which is eight. Um, but it kind of so like it sucked for we were seven and one and we didn't have a we, all, none of our wins were closer than 25 points but we had a two-point loss to pennsylvania and then they lost so we didn't get to advance to like the championship pool unfortunately mm. so that that was you know that was so we took ninth place that was unfortunate um but so i didn't get to watch right so we were on the one side the nine through 16 i could see the one through eight and there was a whole bunch of good matches going on between Ohio and New Jersey and Pennsylvania and all those teams, but I didn't necessarily get to watch them all that closely, which is why I was asking you guys. My only time at Cadet Duels was fun. It was at Daytona Beach, and they had the Cadet mm. Duels and the uh, Greco World Team Trials going on oh, at I remember the that. same time. It was sort of strange, and uh, yeah, it was it was really fun. And Illinois dominated, and they were so <laughs> they literally would just come out and like maybe I would say sixty to. 80% of their team would just come out two on one guys and like they would just work off that and they would just destroy people with the same thing. It was like they had this system. And then you had guys like Kamal Bay and do you remember Alan Stallings, Ben? Alan Stallings, I don't remember him. You should look this dude up. He he went to Oak Park, um, uh, I believe. Really? So I remember, I mean, I've been following Oak Park for quite a while. I do not remember that guy. The end of his career, I, I don't know if he ended up wrestling or he got injured or whatever but if you saw this dude at cadetals you'd be like let me see the birth certificate this dude was so big and strong he just destroyed everyone and then you had kamal uh, bay there who was you know i mean it was really funny he was just so much better than than all these guys but yeah look up alan stallings he was a he was a bad dude very very good wrestler would have liked to have seen what what he could have done uh at the next I'll, level I'll check it out but yeah illinois was 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 filthy so who ended up well, winning? Ohio. And uh, Ohio won, yeah. Big weekend. They, they, had a, they had a really good team. So when, um, yeah, when when JD gets back next week, we can kind of grill him about everything because I wasn't able to watch some of the better matches. Um, but you think that, you know, uh, it, it sucks because we, we missed this age group last year, but that, you know, usually Fargo is their first coming out party. And so, like, a lot of these guys also I didn't really know, but I'm sure they're kind of the, be the best of the best type. We, we in Wisconsin don't get the wrestle, the in-season stuff against the Ohio's and Pennsylvania's and New Jersey's. So uh, I'm really, really looking forward to Fargo. I think it's going to be awesome. It's, uh, um, what, five weeks away now? Are you going, Christian, or no? No, because I'm going to Tokyo. What? So I'm going to Tokyo, like, um, I don't know, a week yeah. or so later. Who's I'll going to Fargo? I'll be there. Spade's got to stand in the jankiest hotel I've ever heard of. It's y'all. Listen, staying? they clown on me always for this, but I'm gonna say it again. Y'all should just stay at the dorms. The dorms are fine. <laughs> no, <laughs> ew. Are you serious? Ew. There's no AC, Christian. You could be sweating your balls off all night long. 
The dorms oh might gosh. actually the dorms might actually be better than what Spay's got cooked yeah. up for us. Listen, listen to a couple what, reviews. What's I got it called? Reviews. What's it's it called? called the Baymont the Baymont Inn and Suites. Terrible. All right, here's a review. T tell me what you think about this review. Pool had grim lighting. Hot tub was down. Room was super dirty. Bed had bugs in it. Even towels did. Tub had pubes. And even, oh. the, even the blow dryer had old <laughs> blood on it. We left. And oh. I'm Wait, the blow dryer had blood on it? <laughs> blood on it. What was it, blood uh, force trauma? So it's, uh, would they have a CSI this is, kit? This is a crime scene investigator that stayed there, and so this person was on Okay, it. so CSI Fargo stayed at the Baymont Inn and realized there was blood on a hairdryer. <laughs> the manager, Lloyd, wouldn't even wait on me when I went to retrieve my shirt I left behind. Yeah, he told me... Uh, he hates and won't rent to local Fargo people because there's always an issue. So that's not ring a ringing endorsement. Well, oh, you're not man, local, so you could be okay. All right, what about this review? Can't even get the desk to answer the phone to book a room. Last time I stayed there, the night clerk was so high, it was scary. Constant noise and traffic all night long. This place is overrun with drug addicts, and I'm pretty sure the staff is paid off by the dealers. <laughs> Oh, I got the street view on my Google Maps, and yeah, I I, I think I've seen this place. It's it's pretty sketch. Yeah, <laughs> have, have fun. fun. Well, hey, nine nights in the Baymont Inn and Suites for me. It's gonna be a life changing experience. Man, you should you should have dormed it. The dorms are good. I got clowned on for for you know recommending the dorms, which is a very great economical option. And probably no blood. No blood. There's no nothing. There's no there's ba there's basically no pillows either. So <laughs> you can't have a pillow stain a blood stained pillow if there's no pillow. Good point. And then you know you eat at the cafeteria. Great food at the cafeteria. I've heard it's that's just not true. It it is listen, true. Listen, you guys should make me your travel director. I'd book you in nice hotels. Cause listen, I want a well rested staff who's gonna bring the heat every single day. Yes. So I'm not gonna put them in the dorms where they're sweating all night, uh, just to save a few bucks. I'm not gonna put them with the drug dealers where they might get shot. I don't want. I don't want them fearing for their safety. I'm gonna put them in a nice quality hotel. Where they get a nice, restful sleep, and they're gonna bring the heat the next day. That well, that's why great. did we not look into an Airbnb or something? Certainly, there's that's something what you in Fargo. Should have done. Yeah, could have got a whole farmhouse. For you get a farmhouse, you probably could have. Yeah, what? Yeah, remember you should when look we had into canceling really awesome, the Baymont Inn um, Suites. Maybe it's not too late. Remember when we had that really, really sweet uh, Airbnb in St. Louis, and they wouldn't let any um, media come? That was epic. What a fun time! <laughs> <laughs> Son of a. Son of one gun. That really stunk. We had a sick, yeah. Next year, we're going to have to go crazy. Wait, where's the, is next year Detroit Rock City? Detroit. All right, we're going to go yeah. crazy. We're going to stay at 8 Mile. We're going to do rap battles. We're going to watch get, wrestling. I bet we get a, a nice place. We could probably actually buy a place on 8 Mile for the for the price of an Airbnb. Maybe we do that. Ben won't. Ben's too, you know. No, I'm, I love Airbnbs. There's actually no Airbnbs in Fargo, North Dakota. I don't, uh, well, at least for the, for the dates that you want. Sorry. You guys are screwed. Uh oh. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. Oh boy. I I wonder if Team uh, Team Wisconsin came in there and swooped them all up. You know, they bring a big crew with just AWA no, we stay alone. At, uh, what's that? What's that hotel we stay? It's it's really nice. It's uh it's you know it's in a parking lot by uh, a couple restaurants. There's a grocery store. It's it, nice nice quality place. I mean, it's not a four four star hotel, but it's it's really solid. Hmm. Get the job done. Yeah. He'll yeah. get the job done. Yeah. Okay, so that's um, that's bloodstains. That's CSI. Um, talked about that a little bit. You want to get to some uh, some questions and then talk about uh, then we should be about ready for for young Evan to come on and make his announcement. Are you guys worried he's uh he's not gonna be, he's not gonna be able to figure out how to do the V mix? I'm not worried at all because he's a very smart person. He's got it. Um, he's got it. 
it's it's about the easy it's very it's a very easy thing to do if there's an issue it'll probably be on our end with something uh, but uh yeah evan will figure it out well hey i just saw in the chat i went to the facebook chat um yanni did bosch's podcast and he said he's gonna wrestle at 70 kg at the world team trials hmm. Ooh. so so does that mean he's going 149 because why if he was going 141 why wouldn't you wrestle 65 because 65 is a weight that is being contested at the world team trials well that would be the exact same conclusion i would draw 149 wow it's so it's interesting he's going up to 70 i just figured uh hmm. well I, I bet he's saying Okay, well, I've beaten James Green every time. He's probably the number one guy. So yeah. I go there, I will beat him. Now, the the first response to that would be, well, that's 65 James Green or 70 kilo mm -hmm. or, or uh, 150, 150 pounds. Yeah, 68, James 68. Green. So that would be a big difference. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. But I, I've just assumed he would be our six he would be a 65 mainstay for throughout his career but maybe it's just a one-time thing try to get yeah, on a team awesome. um it will be and interesting then, uh, to see. they also said in the chat that stallings went on to play division one football so that's why you probably never oh heard of dang i wonder where he went yeah uh i don't know yeah look this dude up he was a beast stallings what's his name football Oh, this guy right here. He's uh He went to Indiana. He, he, Holy cow. He, he's beefy. Uh yeah. Is that him? Yeah, there he is. It's a big yep. man. He's got because he's got the Oak Park singlet on too in this. Defensive lineman. Boom. Played in all thirteen games uh twenty nineteen as a senior. Man, he's already graduated. I am You're I am, old, Christian. I'm Get old. Over it. I'm old. Holy cow. All right. So old. So today and old. All right, question. First question from Roy Donk. This is very important. Will Ozzy <laughs> Man Strong Boy versus Hasbulla be on the Burroughs IMAR card? <laughs> Who would win? Ozzy Man loves fight. Listen, this Hasbulla character, uh, I had to hear a lot about it because we rode in the van with, you know, a 15 and 16-year-old kids, the cadet duels. But I find it to be total. I, I could not stop laughing the one day I was watching hit the press conference with those two little dudes. Oh, my God. Best thing ever. I could watch it all day. Well, it I I I can't uh, lie and say that I lose a little bit of luster because I have no idea what he's saying. It could be funny. It could Dude, be not. Does it matter the body language on these guys? Oh my! Oh, uh, I don't know what they're saying either. I don't care. It's tremendous. I could watch it all day. All right, so you're in on Hasbula. I'm so in. Is Ozzy Man in? I'm sure. I mean, he doesn't. Right? He doesn't know anything. He's he's three years old, but I'm, I'm sure he's in. He loves to fight a little bit. <laughs> Ozzy Man Strong Boy. Does he? When's the last time he referred to himself as Ozzy Man Strong Boy? No, yesterday. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you got to get that on video. That's hilarious. Oh, he does. I mean, he says it every day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, it's so funny. Um, kids are hilarious. All right, seriously. EJ Newton, my son and I read Mindset. Thanks for the recommendation, Ben. We'll read another one soon. Any more recommendations would be greatly appreciated. Ben always oh, has has books. Oh, I was thinking, I couldn't think of a really, I was trying to think of another really easy one. Um, hmm, okay, I know what it is. Uh, I'm playing on the side. It's by Josh Waitskin. This is a really good one. So Josh Waitskin was a very high-level chess player. He actually got his BJJ black belt and some other things uh, also afterwards. But the, the film Searching for Bobby Fischer was 
based on him. The Art of Learning. He wrote The Art of Learning. It's a really tremendous book. But, you know, it, what it talks a lot about is how his, his parents kind of um, alleviated the pressure for him in these these high-pressure high stakes, high-stakes uh, high competitions, and they were able to alleviate the pressure on him, which is, you know, I, as my job as a coach, and I think what a lot of parents do wrong is that they they ramp up the pressure mm -hmm. when a lot of these kids emotionally they don't know how to deal with it so we gotta we gotta take we gotta take it off them um and that's something his parents did well and he kind of just goes through the whole process of you know what it was like and kind of man his his, his take is great I, I really like him a lot yeah i think about that a cool. lot caleb puts a ton of pressure on it it's just like in, yeah puts it do. on himself uh mm -hmm. yeah so Good. Well, we know you. You always have a bunch of uh, reading recommendations, so figured that'd be a good one. I'm reading a really good one right now. I'm reading a book called. Um, well, the first book I wrote read by the author was called The Forty Eight Laws of Power, and um, now I'm reading a book called Mastery. Uh, who is the author again? I'll tell you, um, it's awesome. Forty Eight Laws of Power is Robert Greene, and then Bob so Green. the same authors, Tom Green. <laughs> Bob Green. Oh yeah. Bob Green. I love no, Tom, Green. Tom, Tom Green. Tom Green show was all time. You never know what was going to happen. That was a hilarious show. Yeah. I remember when I first saw that I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen." Cuz I've never seen that kind of like the the prank shows before. That was like yeah. pre It kind of really ushered it, the Tom Green show and then Jackass um Jackass. Were, yeah. Those were those were huge back in the old, uh, old middle and high school days. So awesome. Okay. Uh, next yeah. question. What's the worst stylistic matchup for each men freestyle world team? I assume he means Olympic team member. So mm. interesting. It's often the best wrestler. Mm -hmm. So I, I, but I truly think that Aguyev is a terrible matchup for Gilman. Um, Wait, can we talk about that? I mean, maybe you guys can help me out here, but, um, uh, Michic got Michic got the number one seed above yeah. Uguev, uh, but he's he hasn't won a world title. I don't believe he won Europeans. How did he get the number one seed? If you compete enough in the right tournaments, you don't have to be the. Uh, you don't have to really do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Uguev's been at the ranking series events. Uh, Michic just won the the last ranking series tournament in Poland, and that was only a three man bracket. I mean, there were three fifty seven kilo guys, and so yeah. he. But he gets a win, um, so that that goes a long way. Yeah, it's just showing up at the right places. Yeah, I mean, dude, this is not seeding for the Olympics, but world rankings. There's a Canadian named Clay Pie who's ranked fourth in the world at 86 kilos. It's the Ooh, guy that it's, not by us, right? No, 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 no. Okay. But the the UWW formula because he just showed up at the right places. It's the guy that that David Taylor like choke slammed at Pan Am's, and this guy's <laughs> this guy's fourth in the world. Like it's. It's it's just how you know showing up at the right places. Yeah. Dang. Clay pie. Um Clay so pie, Yeah, Michich will be the one at the Olympic Games. Holy cow. Yeah, that that's pretty wild. I mean, at, at the very least he's opposite the you know, the guys who are two and three, which are really, really Yeah, really, what? really high level. Um and so I mean that's Man, that goes a long way to getting because if he can get an easy first round match, which obviously is not guaranteed, right? Because he could have Gilman first round because Gilman's unseated. Yes, um, but if he can have a you know if he could win the first two rounds, he's in the semis. His chance of meddling are really really good. 
Yeah, you would have to you would have to assume he's he's in a good spot. Everyone knows Mitchich can wrestle. He's good at the international styles. Um, matchups will matter for sure, but so yeah. Kozak Kozak said the reason Mitchich is is where he is fifth in the world, one Poland, bronze at Euros, bronze at Pelicone. So that resume, that, most points. I, I don't write the I don't write the formula, but that seems weird because that that that's what you just listed there, David doesn't. Seem like a number one seed to me, you know, that he's fifth and then third and then third and then third. It's like that doesn't feel like that should add up to the number one seed at the Olympics. Well, here's the problem, and here's what UWW is trying to do they're trying to incentivize wrestlers to wrestle. The best wrestlers do not wrestle. Yes. I don't know what they do. Yes. I would figure if your job is wrestling, you would wrestle. But as we're seeing even this week, sometimes wrestlers don't want to wrestle, don't want to do the things that are required. To wrestle and the russians yeah. are probably the chief i'll say offenders um of you know just wrestling when they want to wrestle right so that's yeah. the problem and, I, and good for good for Michich for wrestling for being a wrestler yeah, who wrestles um yeah. but and so if, I, if I, what you want to do is separate the brackets correctly then that makes it i mean i get it right it makes it really difficult if people refuse to show up um because like I do, you guys even have Mitch's ranked? I believe you, if you do, it's really low compared to some of the other guys in there. I I think he is ranked, um, but I but to your point, he's not high. He's no no one thinks he's Aguyev's level, right? Uh, so it is a it does give you a little bit of a disingenuous thing, but it's better than the random draw, I would say, which could have um, which makes no effort to separate the best guys. Uh, and and hopefully leads to a, we get, eventually get a little more international buy-in. Yeah, Definitely. but right now it's that's not the case. I feel like I feel like Team USA is bought in pretty well. We we send a decent contingent to a lot of the tournaments. We don't skip many of the ranking tournaments. We didn't send our ones to Poland um, because we had to go to Pan Am's. Right, we were using that. Yeah, so. That's that, and uh, yeah, good for. But yeah, the actual question that we are completely avoided answering to this point: Who's the worst stylistic matchup? When you look at Aguriev, I think just athletically, this guy is just so insane, yeah. and he's really good. Very few guys get to his legs, and then when they do, it is he's he's a tough tough nut to to crack. Beyond that, I feel like it's kind of hard to push around too. Correct. He's real low. He's compact, very yeah. fast. He can wrestle from in and out of the tie. Just going to be a tough man. He's like the, all the problems that Takahashi presents with like counter offense stuff. He has plus very reliable offense, go to offense. Yeah. The Takahashi, I feel like, lacks to a degree, even though we're talking about like a world champion. Um, Speaking of Takahashi, just made the Olympic team. He beat Higuchi in a one-match wrestle-off for the spot. Um, and so, yeah, he'll be on there. Not a not a very entertaining match at all. And maybe some, some, some mildly questionable scores. But this is a guy that at least Japan, Japan can count on to make the weight and wrestle with. Higuchi seems like a total... I, Deep down, I feel like Higuchi is probably the better overall wrestler and the better threat to win Olympic gold at 57. But if there's that risk factor of making the weight and you don't beat Takahashi, then 
you don't get to go. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a weird match. I mean, it really came down to kind of one position on the edge, and it could like it looked like it could have been a step out before most of that action even happened. But if they ruled it grounded, then then maybe it's you know maybe it was it was all good and imbalanced. But it was yeah, it was bizarre. Neither guy looked great to me. No, no I wasn't like ooh, Aguilera better watch out. Yeah, it also looked like a match in a completely empty gym with like. Uh, it, it looked like very weird and would have felt had a very strange vibe wrestling in there too. It was just, it was, it was weird. N not a great match. Okay. So that's our match. We don't have a 65, unfortunately, uh, 74. This is an interesting one because Sidikov is without a doubt, the best, um, wrestler not named Kyle Dake in the field, I think, but I think Chimizo is actually a tougher matchup for, for Kyle than Sidikov. Um, why, why do you think, okay, so I, I, obviously we've seen Shimizu and Dake, so we kind of know what that looks like. Why do you think Sidikov, what, what about Sidikov's style do you think brings pro problems for Kyle Dake? I think it bring. I think he, it brings less problems. I think Shimizu brings more problems than I'm sorry, Sidikov. yeah, sorry, what do you think, okay, I, yeah, yeah. Off. What do you think about, um, Sidikov's style is easier for Kyle Dake? I think, I think, um, one, he's... A little less of a reluctant attacker than Shimizu, who picks his spots a little better. And I think the attacks he takes, I don't see him being able to finish the way he has on on other guys. And I think Dake is going to be able to move him around in a way that he can't move or wasn't able to move Shimizu around. I think he's going to have an advantage in the tie-ups. And I think yeah. the attacks that, that Sidikov takes, I think he'll have a higher likelihood of countering than Chimizo when if you remember their match in July 25th yeah, it was Chimizo who was able to score the a leg attack takedown which is like you know a, basically a Bigfoot sighting against Kyle Dake <laughs> it's true isn't it yes so with with that I think it I think that's the answer but even though I do think Sidikoff is probably a better wrestler as we all know styles make fights and that's just that's just my opinion Okay. I'd be curious for, um, your, for your thoughts. Uh, I, I no, I agree with you. I, th I think Shimizu is the toughest matchup for Kyle Dake. Um, and actually, you know, kind of uh, fifty-seven. Obviously, fifty-seven Gilman's on his least Dake. But when I look down the list, um, I just feel like I feel like a lot of those guys really don't pose a huge problem for Kyle Dake. I'm like, oh, he's gonna smash him. He'd smash him. He'd smash him. You know, it's just not gonna be all that competitive. Is kind of what I feel like. Got it. Well, uh, got word from maybe we can pick up the rest of this question later. Yeah, but in it, baby. our special guest Evan Wick has joined us, so let's uh, let's stop what we're doing and and, and t check in with Evan. Evan, what's going on, man? Nothing. I'm here in a camp in Wyoming and Sheridan, Wyoming. Um, just hanging out, waiting for you guys. Heck yeah! Well, sorry. I hope we didn't keep you waiting too long. Uh, appreciate super appreciative that you would come on and, and share this. Uh, Share your decision with 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 the wrestling community. Uh, I guess first first question is how is this overall before you put it on wax? How has the process been um, of you know you d you made the decision to transfer and the the recruiting process? Just how has that gone for you? Uh, the recruiting cross process has been awesome for me. I had, I think two of the best visits I've ever had. Penn State was a phenomenal visit. I love those coaches. I love the guys. Um, Cal Poly has been an awesome visit. Um, I love those coaches. I love those guys. And, you know, it'd be great to be back in California and be great to be at a program like Penn State. So, um, 
yeah, I've just been super happy and honored that I have these opportunities in front of me. Yeah. Well, and maybe going back a little bit, when, when did you, or when did you know, Hey, I think I need to look elsewhere for, for my last year of eligibility and what, what kind of went into that decision? Um, I think this whole Olympic red shirt year, um, just kind of doing things on my own. I knew I needed a, uh, a change in what I was doing. Um, I had been kind of thinking that I needed to get a change of scenery. The whole I've been there for five years at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the coaches there have have their way of doing things, which is great. They're having incredible success there, but it's just I think a different idea um, about how to get better at wrestling than I have. Um, so I knew it was it was a, ch- a time for a change for me. And you you wrestled at the Olympic trials. I thought you you wrestled really really well. What was your thoughts on on your performance there? I thought I wrestled the best I've ever wrestled. Yeah. I mean, I was very prepared. I trained a lot um, with my high school coach John Azevedo that week leading up to that. Um, just very relaxed. Uh, I never I hadn't felt that way in a very long time. I think the the college season wrestling in NCAA's and everything. I just kind of got ahead of myself and was really nervous and held myself back the last two years. Um, and then I really kind of started to open up. Had some not so great matches that year, but I just felt very positive and optimistic the whole year, which wasn't how I had felt in a very long time. And I think that was something else that contributed to me knowing that I needed a, a change of scenery. When I, when I think about your wrestling style, I, I've always thought, Funky scrambler, kind of a little unorthodox, which you would think in, in your top wrestling in in folk style is amazing. So I would have. It's been I don't want to say surprising, but it seems like freestyle might be your best style. Would, would you Would you say that's the case, or what do you think? I'm just as confused as you, man. I think everyone <laughs> would label me a folk style wrestler, but I, I had incredible success this uh, this year in freestyle, and I, I enjoy wrestling neutral a lot more I, you know when i when i wrestle guys in practice i don't i don't take them down and write them out for 20 minutes you know i i take them down and try to cut them and i like uh trying to use my skills in, in neutral wrestling i think that's the funnest the funnest part i don't know maybe maybe ben disagrees um i saw his <laughs> back and forth but uh no i, I, I do I listen I, I love all wrestling all of it yeah yeah I mean, I, I might be a proponent for making college wrestling freestyle. I don't know what anyone else. Here Whoa! Thinks, but, oh man! I'm in. Oh man! I'm in. This, these step that's coming shenanigans. from. That's coming from a guy who probably rides guys out for at least three minutes each match. So. Yeah, you're you're a you know Ben um, proposed insta. What was it called? Insta death or what was it? Insta death. Evan would have won a lot of matches by insta death. That that had some steam behind it for a while. We even talked about that in a minute. If you ride them for what three minutes, three I or think. three and a half minutes, that, then the match is over and they die. Yeah, they die. <laughs> they they can't wrestle ever again. <laughs> that would have suited me well. I would have yeah. supported that. Even yeah. I probably wouldn't have liked to watch it, but. <laughs> well, hey, um, Evan, uh, we can we can talk some more, but I think. You know, people are excited to hear your decision. So I'll just kick it to you. Um, let us know where you're going to be wrestling next year. Next year, after five years at the University of Wisconsin, I'm heading back to California. I'm going to go to Cal Poly. Okay. Wow. Cal Poly. So uh, 
came down to, if you don't know, and you, you already said it, it came down to Cal Poly and Penn State. What went into this decision? Um, why not Penn State? Why Cal Poly? What what kind of variables were you were you weighing? I really just wanted to go to a place where I knew I was going to be happy. The times that I've made the most progress in wrestling and I wrestle my best is when I'm happy. Not necessarily when I've had the greatest resources, which I think both schools have incredible resources. Um, but I really wanted to focus in on where I was happy, and I felt incredibly happy at Cal Poly during my visit. I'm close to my family. My little brother is going to be there. Um, Bernie Truax is going to be a great partner for me. And I just love that team a lot. You know, and I, I, I had an incredible experience at, at both schools and they have, um, great guys, great everything. There wasn't one thing bad about either school. I can't say anything bad about either school, but I just felt like I was the happiest at Cal Poly and I wanted to prioritize that in these next few years. Um, and I got great people surrounding me there. Like I said, my little brother, um, my high school coach lives right down the road, so he'll be able to help me out. And he helped me out over this whole Olympic year. So it was really kind of a no-brainer at the end of the day. Well, awesome, and, and congrats on that decision. Um, you know, you mentioned that the next couple of years, and I, uh, I think that's something that I'm, I'm curious to learn about because you have one year of eligibility remaining, um, unless the NCAA goes crazy again and says everyone just gets as many years as you want, which, you know, <laughs> let's, let's wait and see. But what is kind of the next thing for you? Are you going to stay in wrestling? Do you want to be a coach? Do you want to just wrestle on the senior level? What, what is next for you after Cal Poly? At least for this next cycle, um, I'm going to be wrestling to win an Olympic title. Sick. Um, that's my goal. That's always been my goal. Um, but as far as after that, I, I think I'm either going to be a D1 coach or open up a club. You know, I've been uh, coaching at AWA, which has been an incredible experience for me, and it's really opened my eyes to how awesome being a club coach is. So yeah. that would be my next step. Well, while this is something he's I do, rave reviews too, Christian. Everyone really likes him. Although the five through nine year old, he he's he he's kind of a little mean to them, so he's got to work on his patience with the really little bitty guys. <laughs> this one kid kept trying to I eat Doritos during his class, and he got too mad. Oh, <laughs> or was it's it Pringles? The it was Pringles, wasn't it? Pringles, Pringles. You just sneak off when I was coaching stuff, and and he would eat Pringles and then come back, and then Listen. he'd be doing headstands while we we're doing. My brother was in town this week, and we had Pringles around. He couldn't resist them either, and he's like 30 years old. So, you know, it cut the five-year-old some slack, Evan. But while we're on the topic of club coaching in your future, I think personally the best decision for you would be to come to Austin, Texas, mm -hmm. and finally open this AWA branch and coach all our children to wrestling, to wrestling glory. I think that would be the best use of your time. Seems like most Californians move into Texas anyway. So yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, We've got real. the pipeline. They love it here. It's it's a little hot, but I think you'd learn to to enjoy it. But yeah, that's one of my pitches. About once a week, I I try to convince Ben to open a AWA down here. So, anyways, back on yeah. topic. Very excited to hear about your plans and um, what did you see? How closely were you following Cal Poly last year? Because they really kind of had, had a fantastic year and Bernie Truax was a was a revelation for us this this following season or this last season oh I was following them a lot I trained with Truax throughout COVID so he's he's an incredible guy um, I'm familiar with his his wrestling 
And I knew during COVID that that kid was going to make some noise this year. Um, he did phenomenally. Um, we were, when we were training over the summer, I really just saw kind of what Cal Poly was doing and how they were treating treating him and their athletes. And it was just super beneficial for him, man. And I don't think he was that great last year. No. But this year he freaking tore it up. And then, you know, that Lawrence signs this summer, um, beat a couple All-Americans, took second at U23s. He's going to be a hammer, man. And then I, I think we could really have three, four All-Americans. I think it would be an incredible incredible year for us. And, and hopefully we can outdo that as well. Yeah, yeah and, and looking at 165, it's going to look a little different this year with Griffith likely going up. Apparently Mikai Lewis is, is going to be moving up. Thoughts on the landscape it, it, um, of what 65 is going to look like? You know, obviously your old – uh, rival Alex Marinelli is still around. Um, what are your thoughts on 65 going into next year? I think it poses a lot of new challenges. Um, I know there's a lot of young people coming up, making some noise. Um, there's a lot of older guys who are just starting to hit their stride. You know, Wenzel, Wenzel made it to the finals, which was yeah. surprising that that guy looked awesome. Um, and then Ethan Smith looked incredible at NCAAs. So, I mean, it's going to be challenging, man, but I'm excited for – excited for this next year uh, being at Cal Poly is going to be great I think I'll I'll make a lot of progress and I'm not really feeling too nervous about it like I did in the past you know like usually when I would see a lot of success out of other guys it make me nervous but I'm just getting excited seeing a lot of these these underclassmen do really well and I'm, I'm excited to compete with them all right now there's 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 a possibility that there's the there's the ultimate Ben Askren match of the century where he just has to pull all his hair out Keegan O'Toole and Evan Wick. Awkward. If you ever got to train with him, I'm sure you have during your time at Wisconsin. Um, have you ever <laughs> rolled around with Keegan O'Toole? We went uh, last probably two weeks ago when we sparred. Oh my gosh! Um, I think he's he's got an injury here. I think he's just taking a break, so we just kind of kept it cool, didn't go too hard. But he's slick, man. He's he's impressive. I think he's only what been 19, 20. Uh, he may have turned twenty now. Uh, this is last year for UWW juniors. So yeah, Dang. yeah. But I mean, he's, he feels incredible, man. I'm excited to compete with him if if we get the chance. Um, but he's someone who I've had my eye on, obviously from Wisconsin for the last two years. I knew that kid was going to be successful, and every time he came into the RTC, even when he was little, everyone was saying he's going to be tough as nails when he gets to college. So, and I knew that, but scrapping with him really confirm that so it sounds like it was a very contentious practice <laughs> you had to be separated and then you said see you in detroit and that was it wow that's uh, and then a, he slapped him then he slapped him <laughs> holy cow what a what an event yeah two uh that that's a that could be an, an incredible matchup 165 looks great and you got travis whitlake you mentioned ethan smith so man excited for the for the upcoming thing what's what's well, kind of next I, for I, have, I have a question yeah, go ahead. actually christian you know and, and i don't know why i've never asked you about this evan um are, are you planning on doing the world team trials for the fall um obviously 74 spot may not be available um maybe it's 79 or is it just gonna be straight into folk style mode 74 spot might not be available well if dake wins a medal there's no wrestle off for that um spot for the 2021 worlds Oh shoot! I mean, either way, I'm going to at that tournament. I'm going to go freestyle there. Okay. But yeah, if I can, if I can wrestle 74 kg, 
the cut won't be too great, but I think I'll compete my best there. But I've competed like this whole year at 79 kg, really. I think I've weighed in a couple times at like 176 or something. So that oh, that's another interesting thing. A lot of people, you are uh, around six foot seven or so, ballpark it. Everyone's like, how does he make 65? But then I'll hear like, actually, he doesn't have to cut a ton to 165. But I haven't heard that from you. Is that the case? Is the cut not that big of a deal for you at 65? No, not really. Uh, the funny thing is usually in the beginning of the season, I'm like 170. And then as the season goes on, I get bigger, right? Like I think oh. uh, two years ago for NCAAs, I was weighing like close to 176 for NCAAs. So it kind of was a pain in the butt at the end. But during COVID, um, you know, when I was wrestling, I was just lifting with my dad in our backyard and just lifting and eating. I think my dad makes like four meals in between seven o'clock PM and <laughs> midnight. Um, so I was just eating like crazy and I got up to one eighty nine. Oh wow. But yeah, so that was the biggest I've ever been by far. I don't I, I don't think I ever cracked one eighty. Um, and I was one eighty nine and then must have been like two weeks later I went to Wisconsin for two weeks just training and obviously I couldn't eat as much because I had to pay for my own food. And within two weeks <laughs> After a practice, I was down to 171. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, so, no, no more thick wick there at 189. Ooh, thick wick. Yeah. If I, if could, I had to go up, a, though, yeah, could go. I don't want to start any rumors here, but that could be a possibility. I don't know. Oh really? Okay. Well, let's just start the rumor right now. But Bernie, with Bernie there at um, 174, right? So would he? Yep. Would y'all switch, or would he go up, or? I've talked to him. He said that he'd like to go up. You know, those guys oh. don't move so good at the upper weights. Oh my so gosh! So you could, so but, it could be a seventy-four, eighty-four back to back, not sixty-five, seventy-four. Would you say that decision has or hasn't been made? Uh, it hasn't been made. Okay. But the talks. All right. Ooh. How, how how often have you gone with Kemp? How does he feel? I have never gone with Kemp except in our matches. Okay. I went. I went twice with him uh my second third year in college i wrestled him at that and it was on like a ship with that battle of the midway yep um yeah, yeah i told fresno there i beat him pretty good there but then literally i think at midlands if we had like a five or six one match so he's tough man but i think he'll fit in the lineup well yeah i mean if especially if you're if you guys are up then he's 65 that's interesting hmm. okay yeah. Well, something for us to ponder and consider. So, what is uh, what is next for you, Evan? Um, you're in Wyoming now. That sounds awesome. Big Horn uh, Mountains, baby. Yep. This guy knows the way. He yeah. used to live in Wyoming until <laughs> mm-hmm. we till we okay. poached him. Um, so, what what is kind of next for you the next throughout throughout the summer and beyond? Right now, I got a I got a lot of camps, but training with uh, Ben at AWA has been awesome. We got like. Some of the best guys from Wisconsin ever training there right now. And that's just been an incredible opportunity. So training there, and then I'll be at that World Team Trials trying to make that weight. Um, but, yeah, just for now, camps, make some money, and then uh, start training again. Nice. Well, it sounds like you would be a great counselor to, to pick up um, based on Ben's glowing reviews. As long as there's no five-year-old Pringle lovers. You, uh, <laughs> we got oh, no, no one really wants to coach the five year olds. You got to have a high amount of patience for them. And 
uh, you know, so it's kind of for the older guys to do. I, I don't, I don't really put the college kids on that task too often. Tristan has a high <laughs> amount of patience. Tristan really does. Really? Oh my God! Tristan is incredible. So like the patient. kid that was eating Pringles, he he loves that kid because he's so <laughs> out of it. Like, I don't know what he's doing. But I, I think you have to go into those practices just with like the expectation that this is like this is daycare. You know, this is just. <laughs> I but always my, my problem is I have the expectation of teaching like real high level technique and then they don't get it. You should just tell them <laughs> they'll never be an Olympic champion with, with their mindset. And, um, that, that'll set them straight. I tried that. that. So <laughs> Dude, Pringles on the mat is got, man, that's wild. Man. I, I didn't know it, uh, AWA is so Pringle friendly, Ben. <laughs> well, you know, so I, I actually, at my, at my academy, we have a big, the biggest five through nine year old program. I separated my five year olds out all by themselves so they can't distract anybody else. It's just five year olds. Uh, and uh, you can't get them to do anything right. Like, we have this one game where we go on the crash pads and you got to push the other kids out the crash pads. There's only one rule. The only rule is you can't stand up. They stand up. They can't even listen. There's only one rule. They can't even listen to the one rule. It's like, come on, dude. There's only one rule. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of underestimate that they have like they have a limited vocabulary. So I'm trying to like speak <laughs> to these kids, but they're so young that they don't understand as many words as I do. Like I'm trying to tell these kids get in your stance, and they don't know what stance means. So I'm just screaming at them to get in their stance, and then I find out they don't know what stance means. Oh, that's great, man! Ben set you up bad on this one. He knows that's not a good fit. Come on, Ben. That's a cold set. All the other one, I think it was only one time, maybe twice. Yeah, it was only one time, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm done. I'm not doing that again." My my brother's an elementary <laughs> teacher. He's he said he's like kindergartners are just like bugs. They just they're just going wherever they just see something and they're off towards that. It's very hard uh, to rein them in. So I can't imagine a, a wrestling practice. Um, well, Evan, I again want to reiterate, very appreciative of you coming on. Anything else you want to uh, discuss or, or bring up before before we let you go and get back to your um, wilderness adventure? No, no, I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me on. This is incredible. I love being on Flow. I love you guys. Well, thanks, thanks for man. the support. Absolutely. Appreciate, appreciate you saying that. Um, looking forward to following your next chapter. Congratulations on, on heading back home, and we can't wait to see what you and Cal Poly do next year. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, thanks guys. Thanks a lot, Evan. Have yeah. a good day. See you. All right, there it is. Evan Wick, going to be a Mustang, Cal Poly. So for all those in the chat that were so sure, A.D. Williams, thought you knew. That's why you just get it from oh, yeah. the horse's mouth. Don't read the internet all speculation. Right. Can I tell you one more story, Christian? I love Since we I talked about my ninjas classes, the five-year-olds can't do nothing. There's, there's this one kid. Um, <laughs> he was newer this spring. And we play this game, Spiders. It's a very common wrestling game where, you know, they got to make it one wall to the other, and the kids are trying to tackle them, and they're on their knees. Classic, yeah. Classic. His one, his one kid's new, and he starts doing this. <laughs> but his bull, his bull horns up, and he's got this look. And I, oh my god, I, I just can't stop laughing at him. And then I'm like, dude, dude you got to stop. You can't pull the bull. If you put the bull horns up, you're out of the game now. This is, this has got to be done. And he goes, and he, he's, but he's like, he's like, he's sweaty. He goes, I got my bull horns up imaginarily. Shit, he got me. Dang it. He, the guy got me. So then yesterday he showed up. He showed up at our youth camp yesterday. And um, I'm showing moves on Josh Otto. You know, Josh Otto's a pretty strong looking guy. And uh, 
I say, I said, so I can't remember what I said. And he goes, you might as well call him toothpick arms. <laughs> <laughs> and then all the little kids started calling him coach toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> what? So oh, I couldn't so the- stop laughing. Yeah. The little kid, the little kid got the other kids to start calling him coach toothpick. This kid's going to be a legend. Yes. You better keep him, keep him under your AWA umbrella. <laughs> oh, it was so hilarious. What I, an I alpha. He, so he's, he's telling you, you know, an, an Olympian and his coach, he won't even put a, his bull horns away. He's going to use them imaginarily. Then he proceeds to dunk on your coach and call him toothpick arms. <laughs> and they got the whole class to call him coach toothpick. So he's a leader. He's an <laughs> alpha leader. Yes. This is... <laughs> It can go one of two ways, and um, you know it's up to you to mold him because you've got you got great potential already. How old is this oh kid? God. Is he a five year old? Oh no, he's not a five year. He's like I don't know. He's probably eight. Eight, I would guess. I'm not sure. Somewhere on there. Oh God, I was laughing so hard. That's hysterical. And, you know, Josh. Josh didn't know what to do because you know he want he wanted to get tough on him and be like, I'll crush you. But he's like, No, nah, Josh can't do that. He's only eight years old. You can't go crush him. <laughs> If you tough Call talking to eight year old one more time, <laughs> yeah, he crossed the line. But there's nothing you can do about it. You just got to take yeah. the. You got to take your your yeah, toothpick arms. You got to deal with it. Yes, he's gonna start. He's gonna start ripping out some curls before uh, before all the sessions. Now, there's <laughs> no choice. <laughs> oh, okay, so we talked about the biggest threats to Gilman and Kyle Dake. Uh, so we determined that Aguyev and Chimizo were the biggest threats to, to those two, although all due respect to um, Sitikov, who is, you know, maybe you could say he's the guy to beat at, at the Olympic Games, yeah, though yeah. we all have our opinions. Then we move up to 86 kilograms, where Dude. we have David Morris-Taylor. Who, who, who can say for this one? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I got some questions first. Um, so you guys have all the Olympic qualifiers ranked on your on your uh, ranking sheet, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of these dudes are bums. Okay. I'm sorry. I know they're in the Olympics, but holy moly, I might be able to come out of retirement and beat Algeria, Nigeria, Peru, and Colombia. Mm-hmm. I mean, how did all these dudes make the Olympics? Like at I... 65, Jordan Oliver can't freaking qualify, and he's damn amazing. And then, you know, I mean, I'm looking Colombia. Switzerland, uh, even even the Chinese guy. I've seen him. He, I don't think he's Zhu Xin Lin. I don't think he's very good. I'll say it right now. You versus Deepak Punya, I'm saying it's a match. That's that's a couple of dad bods <laughs> throwing down. I'm not down. going that high. I'm not going that high with myself. But, you know, I think I could take out Algeria. That's what I'm saying right now. Yeah. I mean, the Continentals... So what happened with this weight class? The Continentals, so Africa and Oceania, you're going to get guys in that... Two. Um, yeah, th- so that's, you know, that that's uh, what's going on there. Pan Ams, that's um, Colombia, Peru. Right so how did from, Cuba? how did Cuba not get in at this weight class? Uh, they, well, hmm, good question. Why did they not... In, yeah, they, where's Torre Blanca? Oh, because David Taylor wrestled Torre Blanca on the front side, like before the finals at that's right. Pan Ams. So David Taylor blocked. And there's no Cuba. wrestlebacks. There's no wrestlebacks. So David Taylor blocked uh, Tor Blanca from from qualifying. And then he didn't. I guess I don't know if he went to the last chance or what. They, yeah. Cuba's kind of been MIA. Wait, so, so how did was how did the other one, Colombia or Peru? How did the other one of those, whoever didn't qualify at Continentals, how did the other one get in? 
Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know for sure the answer there, but I do remember 2019 Worlds, the bracket was about as imbalanced as it could possibly be. And yeah, so, everyone's on the bottom. Yeah, so three guys got in from the top side that, uh, you know, Reichmuth, this, the guy from Switzerland was one of those. Um, yes. I wonder if, you know, the, if one of the, the Pan Am guys was, was up there as well. Uh, so, mm. yeah, I mean, it's just that that kind of combination of events made for a really bizarre weight. You, you get that's I mean, that's another one of the one of the byproducts of those imbalanced brackets. It's not just who gets on the podium, but it's literally who gets yeah. one of 16 spots at the Olympic Games. It's it's wild. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to find yep. the uh, the brackets uh, from 2016. Yeah, because yeah. obviously you have. Um, yeah, so the Peru have, Peru I mean, made was the finalist opposite of uh, Taylor. He beat Angus David. Arthur of Jamaica to make said final. Oh my gosh! So so wonder- Colombia was uh, was Col- was Colombia a different guy than Izquierdo? I feel like it might have been in 2019. I'm looking. But yeah, right maybe now. he made on that well, top side. With that while you're looking spread. for that, um, Kozak just told me Tori Blanca was that last chance. He lost to Mikoev. So Makoev is Makoev has like the weirdest good wins ever. He is not that good. Um, He'll he'll go to he'll go to like the the Bill Farrell and and you know just get worked by you know by middle of the ladder U.S. guys. But then he beat Jaden Cox in (laughs) in the World Semifinals, which is insane. And then he beat that's so insane, so insane. And then he beat uh, Tori Blanca at at last chance um, to punch his ticket. So. Who gets you know he gets the wins at the right time i guess yeah i feel Shabin- like shabana shabana is so old also mm-hmm. i don't think he's super old he's are you sure i feel like he was around when i was around he, he wrestled burrows oh. in like 2011 or 12 right yeah like i think he's been around for a very long time hey the uh, colombian made the fifth place match at it's cuerdo the third so he, place match they lost and took fifth yeah, sorry, he took he took fifth. Who did he actually beat? He beat on the front side. Uh, so on the front side, um, he beat um, Gum Guam. Guam Guam. Then he lost. He beat Peru. Lost to Deepak Punya. Then he beat Kazakhstan's um, Davlum Bayev. Oh. This was the Kazakhstan year. Yes. See. Oh, but he beat it. him. And then he lost to Reichmuth. Got it. The and Swiss. The Swissman. The Swissman. The Swiss Army knife. Hey, did you realize Shabanow, he is pretty old. Um, and I don't know how he wrestled Burroughs, but he re- he wrestled Jared Freyer in the Olympics in 2012. Oh, wow. And then must have bumped up after that. He's the dirt. Mm. He's the guy who was uh, really dirty against Jordan in 2013. Yes. Got, actually got DQ'd. Yeah. Yes. And then he he's beaten. Uh, then he went up to. But, he went down to. No, so he started at 66, and now he's all the way up at 89. That or 86. That's a freaking gigantic jump. Yeah. He's the one that I'm pretty sure he wrestled Marable. Um. Mm, that sounds right. Yeah. He did. You're correct. Yes. At 70. So he went from 74 down to 70. Now he's 86. This man stay yeah. growing. Yes, seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Okay, wait. I mean, okay, so who's challenging David Taylor? I, I don't see anyone who's close besides Hassan Yazani. Yeah. He's the one. I mean, he's still the threat because that's it. he's the one that can score on him. 
now. I don't feel like Knifenoff is even close. He d I don't either. Yeah. I think Not even David, a match. I think David has figured out Yeah, I think he figures David or figures Yazdani out a little more each time he wrestles him. I mean because yeah. he was so close to getting cautioned out at a mm -hmm. point and, and Iran is so good at that. You saw uh you saw Zare do that to Gwiz the other day and it's it, yeah. and, and you're like man if you get the wrong if you get the wrong combinations of officials and you got to bounce a couple of times all of a sudden you could be staring down the barrel yeah. of a couple cautions yeah. so that's that's the biggest probably the biggest threat but i think dt is is uh he's he's solving that puzzle a little more every time yeah yeah i, I agree with that totally i mean it's one of those things where too um you know david obviously is very good and was wrestling for a long time and that first time he wrestled yazdani uh, kind of, kind of what I, I guess probably happened is like, holy moly, I never felt anyone this strong before. Like the way he was moving him, like no one moved David Taylor like that ever, ever right? I've watched mm -hmm. a lot of David Taylor matches. That's never happened. And then, so then that second time when you have that ability to say, okay, I, I remember what this felt like. And now I can kind of plan my strategy around that because, you know, if, if you said to David going into the first year, I like, this dude's going to throw you around. He would have said, yeah, yeah, right. Like that's not going to, that's not going to happen. And then, so when it actually happens and he feels that, then he can kind of adjust for the next time and, and you know, and give it a better, better look. Yes. So I, I still think he's the biggest threat because of what he's shown he can do. I don't think he's got the savviness in the number of positions you have to be savvy in to beat someone like David Taylor. And we'll see about the tank. He has gassed out just horrifically on yeah. two occasions against David. It's weird because he's gasses other people though, which is so strange. Yes. So we'll see if that maintains. Um, yeah, but Yazdan Trotti, while he is an underdog, is the biggest threat to David, in my opinion. Ninety-seven, I think, goes without saying. Yeah. That he's the biggest threat to all wrestlers. Abdul Rashid Sajalayev. He's ninety-seven is deep though compared to compared to eighty-six. I mean, there's way more. Oh yeah. And I, there's way more threats. I mean, when you just look through this bracket, like even down Sharif off at seven is a threat. Um, I don't know if you'd go much lower than that. Uh, I don't know if you like, you probably wouldn't go all the way down to Solace. I'm not, I'm guessing, but the top guys, there's, there's some really tough dudes in there. Solace has given Snyder some matches. I think. Um, yeah, he has. He had a big lead at beat the streets. Wasn't it? Mm -hmm. yep. And then, and then Snyder yeah, up eight, he had to run him down. Snyder him down. Saritoff. He's had some, uh, Great results, I'm pretty sure. Um, I can't remember what his his accomplishments are, but I'm pretty sure he's placed really high. Russian board, da, da, da. yeah, he's Olympic bronze medalist um, in 16. So he's not bad. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Kyle wrestled him, and I think he's the guy that he's like the overhook guy that Kyle like wrapped around his body and like boom, planted him through mm -hmm. the earth. He's 35 yes. also now. Even yeah, Ibrahimov is good. Yeah, um, he's yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a much deeper weight than, than 97. But the biggest threat, we all know. He's the boogeyman. Big, yep. big scary man from Dagestan who's on a trajectory to be an all-time all-time. I mean, if he, if he hung it up right now, it's one of the greatest runs in wrestling history. It's one loss in Pile, yes. seven years. Or Sedgelive, sorry. Sedgelive, yeah. And then this was the one that I had the hardest time with, Ben. Determining the 125 biggest threat. I think that well, I'm, I'm trying to determine why you guys got Gable laid out number seven. Well, who's he? Who's he beaten internationally other than Gwizdowski? 
Uh, I just I feel like this Chinese guy. I feel like he's gonna kill him. I've watched him plenty yes. of times. Well, that's, um, that's not a ranking. That's a prediction. Damn it! I love predictions though. Yeah. Well, that's yes. I do. I like them as well. But there's uh, um, sort of tough to rank him above those guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's because of the top three: Akul, Petrosili, and Zari, all all very good. Man, as good as Gable looked at trials, though, I I genuinely could see him winning. I also don't know who I feel. I mean, I, I guess I'd say Akul, but uh, yeah, I mean, all three of those guys are really good. So with there's different reasons they scare me. So Zare is scary in that could he just move Gable around? Right, that would be one. You have to think of okay, how's how are people going to beat Gable? Could he out physical him in a way that he hasn't experienced and hand fight him in a way he hasn't felt and move him around? Who who in America is really big? Like uh, I guess Dom would probably be the big guy that moves people around. Um, and I don't feel like Dom was able to move uh, him around at all. Right? I think comparing Dom to I mean, Dom doesn't caution out Nick Wazdowski. Yeah, in the you You're know. Right. We well, haven't I, seen Gable against someone who is like that. That's what that's what I would say. I would say we haven't seen a comparable guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe Adam Kuhn. Yeah, even even maybe. Kuhn though. Mike Mike talks a lot about that that the way that the Iranian style, the way those guys use that underhook and teeing off that back foot, and just the way I mean the pressure they get and the the, the way they're able to move guys. It's just it sound it seems like until you felt it. It's not, um, it's not yeah. something that, that you can really prepare for 100% of the way. I think there is a learning That's kind curve. of how we were saying about David. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. So Zari's interesting in that way, although I just think Gable, Gable has a style that transcends a lot of problems you can throw at him. Mm-hmm. Petrius yeah. Vili is Because very- one of the things he does, uh, I mean, better than any, is he, mo- he moves. So for a heavyweight... He moves so well, and so these guys think, hey, this guy's going to be standing in front of me. Boom, I can bulldoze him. He ain't going to be standing in front of you. He's no. going to be moving. And then and then if you run that risk of you know uh, coming at him too hard and too fast, then boom, he's on your leg. He, you know, he has quite a few good offensive options. Yes, I agree with that. So Zare is interesting for that option because he can move him around. Uh, now, remember, Mason Paris has pinned Zare. Gabriel Stevenson. He's not lost to Mason Paris. So that is a notable result. Patrius Vili is is pretty well-rounded. He is a large person, very big, pretty athletic, but not super athletic. Taha, to me, is the best athlete, not named Gable, in this field, which makes him, to me, uh, an, an interesting proposition because could he, one single leg to his lace could potentially end the match. But yeah. are Taha's best days behind him? Certainly, Gable's Likely. best days are in front of him. So yes. I'll, I'll conclude that Taha is the biggest threat, but I don't know how I weigh those those big three. I do think it is those big three of Akul, Petrusvili, and Zari are the biggest threats. I, I think with I'm I'm thinking about Zari a lot, and I, I mean, he in most matches Zari is the more powerful guy on the mat, and and I think the thing Gable can probably learn from watching the Mason Paris matches, Paris made himself more powerful than Zare. There there were three exchanges with the underhook. Zare walked him to the edge. Paris was able to like, you know, clamp down on that underhook and, and circle and get a step out. Then Zare did push him out. And then the third time, Mason Paris just clamped down and, and uh dumped him. And so I think Gable I would say is is as powerful or more powerful than Mason Paris. Uh so I feel I don't know. I, I feel like 
he's he's got a a good shot there. And if you can solve for the one the one area where Zarya is really really good, then I think he becomes less of a threat. So I I kind of think it's um, I think it's not cool. All right, I wouldn't disagree with that. All right, it's nine forty five deep in the heart of Texas. Reminder: show today, show tomorrow, no show Thursday. So prepare yourself. John Kozak will be sitting in this seat tomorrow. Ben Askren will be here. I will be here. We will have things to talk about. I promise. What they will be? TDB. TDB. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Ben. Thank you, Evan Wick, for coming on. That was awesome. Going to Cal Poly. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great day. See you Wednesday. Goodbye. Peace.